okay? Let me tell you something about this story, okay? We gotta do this thing in about 30 minutes. And if we don't do it in 30 minutes without an actual guest on it, that's actually pretty bad, okay? So we gotta do this right now. <clears throat> People think I'm just this pretentious ass trying to do everything to get everybody's attention. It's going to rub people the wrong way. And while it has on some people, but they just don't know the whole story about me. So I had to think to myself, what could be the best way to tell my story, to get people to know me, but more importantly, get other people's voices heard. I know how I'm going to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the debut episode of Behind the Exploratory Lenses, episode number one, Who is Luis Torres? Start right now. Alrighty, this is it. Episode number one of Behind the Exploratory Lenses, a Luis Torres Multimedia Podcast. I am Luis Torres, obviously. Why would I call it Luis Torres Multimedia if I'm not named Luis Torres? I'm not Stefan Montana. Some people call me the Godfather. I'm not the Don. This is the brand new time period, a whole new world, a whole new era of my life. That hopefully when I look back at the COVID-19 health crisis, I say to myself, you know, this podcast idea worked. This was probably one of the more positive things that come out of this. Coming up with a show where I talk about my life, explain who the hell I am, and get other people's voices being heard. So first things first, who is Luis? Who am I? For starters... I am not the guy that is solely known for making red flag videos, compiling the data, and just tweet about this is the 15th red flag of the 2017 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Or I'm not just the guy that is known to hear saucy radio chatter like Natalie Decker at Bristol when the tow truck wrecked her out of the race and to the point that Kevin Hamlin said, peace out, I'm out of here. And of course, the big one, Todd Killen, telling Kyle Busch to stay in this motor home and it caused a huge storm going into texas i was worried that that's all what people's gonna bring up the, how did i hear todd how did i hear todd gilliland say that to kyle bush how do you kept track of it right place right time i was able to hear the scanners and all of that and that's what happened simple as that but nobody better than i nobody brought that up in texas we were all doing our business we were mining our own works that is to cover the Cup Weekend and also the Xfinity Race at Texas Motor Speedway. Once we arrive at Texas, myself, Joey Barnes, David Morgan, all three of us are with Motorsports Tribune. Barnes is doing stuff with Auto Week primarily now. Well, when we rolled to Texas Motor Speedway, that was the mindset. We were focused on the task at hand, and we did that. And all that nerves and all the concern that what if people say this to me? What if people recognize me or stop by to ask about it? None of that happened. Everything just went like normal business as usual. When I'm at a racetrack, I do photos. I write articles. I keep track of what's going on. The whole nine yards. But yes, I am a journalist. I am a photographer. I used to do YouTube videos. I used to host a radio show. I wrote for newspapers. Could have had an opportunity to write for a magazine. But obviously that didn't pan out. So here we are in 2020. Annually credentialed to cover NASCAR and IndyCar. I'm stuck here in Washington. We're stuck in our homes. We can't cover racing at the track yet. Fingers crossed that maybe in July in Indianapolis will be the return of On Assignments. And when we get to On Assignments, 
Believe me, I'm going to deliver some excellent content when it comes to my unassignments for this show. But we're away from that, so we got topics to discuss. First things first, before we talk about our four topics, which are NASCAR returning, The Last Dance, the Billboard Hot 100 number one song of the week, and being an independent media personnel. Or in my case these days, a journeyman. I write for Motorsports Review. I'm doing this podcast. I run a website called... Luis Torres Multimedia. L-U-I-S-D, as in David, T-O-R-R-E-S dot com. Unlike Creed Bratton, who says something like www.creedthoughts.www.gov backslash Thoughts, something like that. I apologize that I completely butchered it, but it's not that complicated. Just want to make sure. It's Luis. Let me make this clear right now. It's Luis. Not Luis. Not Lois, not Lois, it's Luis. Sink Thelma and Luis, but spelled L-U-I-S. Okay, now that we got that clear and out of the way in this pilot episode, I'm also a photographer. I've done some photo shoots at Phoenix. I've done ones in Seattle. I've even done some for the fun of it, like without a cost wrestling. I take photos of it. As a matter of fact, on my, one of my tw- my tweets, the, the latest meme, the flavor of the week, Last week was Mundial Ronaldinho 64. As if Ronaldo Ronaldinho has already been confusing as it is, it's beyond confusing now. I'll talk about it right now and get this out of the way. Mundial Ronaldinho 64 is the latest meme in the world of videography. The Ronaldinho is not the Ronaldinho from the mid-2000s. It's not that Ronaldinho. That's actually original gangster Ronaldo. No, not Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Number nine, Brazil. Ronaldo. Because this was a bootleg of a soccer game from the N64 in the late 90s. That Ronaldo. Cristiano was nowhere near the picture at that time period. Ronaldinho, who would play for Brazil and essentially took the role as the top dog of Brazil after Ronaldo, didn't came into the picture until 2002 in the World Cup. And then from 06. Talk about a decline that we went from Pele to Ronaldo to Ronaldinho to Neymar. The LeBron James of soccer. Ronaldinho, the 2000s Ronaldinho, is probably now forgotten. People are going to associate Ronaldinho with OG Ronaldo. Which, in, in my personal opinion, at least finally people are talking about the OG Ronaldo for once. He's like the most forgotten legendary soccer player of the last 20 years. The biggest story was, can he win the World Cup? He's one of the best players in the world. Can he win the World Cup? He had to wait to 2 They lost to France in 98. But boy, he, he's been forgotten. People remember Zinedine Zidane, but that was mostly because of the headbutt in the World Cup Finals of 06. When they think about Ronaldo, they think of Cristiano Ronaldo. Now when people are going to say, well, when you think of Ronaldinho, they're going to be like... <laughs> what a time to be alive. The latest flavor of the week, as far as memes, is... My plans as a happy, positive photo. Then 2020 is like a mopey, depressing one because that's what COVID-19 has impacted. A lot of people's lives, a lot of people's plans, like mine in particular with the month of May in Indianapolis, which is now essentially the month of August. Fingers crossed on that. The picture I used is this picture on Twitter that I used from Without a Cost Wrestling that I took. Steve Biggs was doing the Jericho Post. He accepted the challenge of Chris Bay 
who is now on Impact Wrestling for the World Out of Cost Championship. He stepped up to the plate, the match went on, and boom! Ended in like under 10 seconds, and Chris Bay retained the championship. The championship. Not the championship. Boy, that I still boy that my thickness sound absolutely horrible. That's like absolute putrid garbage. Ugh. Championship. Because that's what it sums up. That's what, that's what 2020 has been. You step up to the plate, and boom, you're out of the picture in a heartbeat. That's what the match between Miggs and Bay was. Shout out to Without a Cost Wrestling, by the way. Excellent wrestling promotion. All right. Now that you got an idea who I am to a degree, I've introduced myself as a journalist, as a writer, a photographer, a multimedia personnel, a man of a thousand horrible impressions, and a quick thinker, and a versatile. Now let's talk about NASCAR. And let me make this very clear. This show is not all about racing. We will talk about music. We will talk about other sports. We will talk about lifestyle. Some personal stories of my life. Whether it's Mount Triumph. Or going on Beverly Hills meeting. An interesting encounter with a female actress. You name it. I'll tell it. Even the one time I will tell. About the most expensive purchase I ever done. To the point that my ed- my editors told me, don't do that again. Let's talk about NASCAR. It is back. It is back with vengeance. Kevin Harvick won the Real Heroes 400 at Darlington. The 293 lap feature marking the first NASCAR Cup race since COVID-19 halted action for 71 days. Harvick just was at a whole nother zip code. Alex Bowman tried but couldn't get the job done. Those were the top two and those are also the top two drivers in the championship standings after five races. Matt Kenson made his first cup start since 2018, driving the number 42 Chip Ganassi Racing Chevrolet. And that top 10 result was also Kenson's third straight top 10 finish, dating back to 2018, when he drove for Roush Fenway Racing in the number 6 car. Three straight top 10s, two separate seasons. Kevin Harvick said it very best, and I applaud Harvick for mentioning this, because this has been in the back of my mind for the longest of time, back in 2017, before I joined Motorsports Review. Kenson is that guy that's going to win races well into his 40s. He should have never been in that spot to essentially, quote-unquote, and I use that very bluntly, retired. Because Kenson never really retired. He's just taking a new chapter in his life, spending a lot of time with his family, enjoying life after full-time competition. But Kenson will be in the 42 for the rest of 2020. And once 2021, which believe me, we will talk about 2021 silly season, whether it's NASCAR, IndyCar, and especially Formula One. There's a lot of Formula One talks in the coming weeks, especially involving Ferrari, McLaren, and Renault as well now. Considering one former world champion could be going back once more to the Renault brand. Stay tuned for that in the coming episodes. Ken Siff is the guy that should be winning races like what Mark Martin and Harry Ganey, even Bobby Allison were. Those guys were winning deep in the twilight of their careers, well past their prime. They were still winning. I firmly believe Kenseth could win a race in that 42 car. And him and Kurt Busch could be a strong duo. They were teammates before at Roush back in the Winston Cup, Nextel Cup days. Kenseth won the 2003 championship with Roush. And now we're in 2020. We're talking about Kenseth once more in a still positive light. I say Kenseth's going to win. And I think what we saw at Darlington, no practice, no qualifying. Remember, it's a one-day show, no crowds allowed. You run with what you got based on how you adjusted it. And a track like Darlington, great run. 
Ryan Newman, first race back after that horrific crash in the Monday night portion of the Daytona 500 on the last lap, finishes 15th. He's had so many incidents that is so bizarre, so many to count. He's had a lot of incidents, a lot of hard hits. The fact that he's still with us, the fact that he's back racing after a couple months removed is awe-inspiring. There's no in-between it. There's no other word to put it, but awe-inspiring. He was running up there and just outside of the top 10, and then he had a tire go down. There was smoke coming out of the Oscar Myers Ford Mustang. He spun it out a little bit in turn number one to bring out the 10th and final caution of the race. He was able to rally back to finish 15th. So good run for Newman in his return. There's one other guy that me and Joey Barnes talked about that we feel like, in his case more so him, should be in the 42 or given a shot of an excellent ride. That is John Hunter Nemechek. John Hunter Nemechek finished ninth, Two spots behind Tyler Reddick, who was the highest rookie finisher in the 400 miler. John Hunter Nemechek brought home front row motorsports' first top 10 finish on a non-super speedway, which are Daytona and Talladega. Since Chris Buescher, Bristol, August 2016, when he finished 5th. Excellent run at a track that is Darlington. And a car that's done good. It's done pretty good. The results haven't been there, but he's been occasionally pretty much the second best rookie all season so far. Everybody's talking about the big three. John Hunter Nemechek is not part of the big three. It's all about Cole Custer, Christopher Bell, and Tyre Reddick. Bell has struggled. Custer has struggled. It's been Reddick and Nemechek, the front runners for the rookie of the year battle after five races. John Hunter Nemechek is saying, yeah, I may not be in the big three, but I'm going to make sure that y'all recognize my name. And Darlington was an excellent case. In fact, Fox brought it up, too. They showed up several battles, which is out of the ordinary from Fox these days. They don't show all the big battles from all over the track. The fact that they spotlighted John Hunter Nemechek, the fact they spotlighted different battles outside the top 10, no less. Well done, broadcast. Despite all the circumstances happened, it was well done. I'm telling you, Nemechek could be a good dark horse for that 42 if Chip Ganassi sees it, of course. Of course, it's going to come down to backing whether or not like McDonald's, Credit One Bank, Clover, to name a few, are willing to sponsor him. And Advent Health as well. But, say Nemechek continues that momentum being consistent and pretty good and even get a couple more top 10s. Say that happened. I firmly believe we could see a situation where the top four teams, like a Penske, like a Stuart Haas, look into saying, you know, John Hunter Nemechek got potential. Let's put him in a much better equipment, much well-powered machine, and let's see what he can do. Because Nemechek has done it before. He's done it in the truck series with his father Joe's team. He's won a couple of those truck races on sponsor for his father's team. Nemechek's the last Xfinity driver to win for Chip Ganassi Racing. Sure, last season at GMS didn't turn out quite as well as people would have thought and hoped, but he did just fine. Obviously, he was completely overshadowed by the big three and other storylines that happened within in that 2019 Xfinity battle. But this is the kind of stuff that John Hunter Nemechek deserves, the kind of stuff the front row deserves, because that shows that they're making progress. The fact that they did it without any practice or qualifying makes it as impressive, treacherous, Darlington, the lady in black. Shows no mercy on rookies, but come out there. Put a strong run, worked from 34th position to get a top 10. Remarkable, remarkable. All right, we're done talking about NASCAR. Let's talk about Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. Yes, put on your headsets, jam to your music, do it like Michael Jordan, the ultimate meme. Yes, he's the GOAT, but he's become the ultimate meme as well. Why do I say the ultimate meme? Because where is the tablet? Where is him with a cigar holding the baseball bat like he's going to whack somebody like he was a Grand Theft Auto character? And there's so many stuff. Or him ribbing the living hell out of his teammates. He would shoot those teammates out. 
But this is stuff I've already known. I've already read and heard because Michael Jordan's a winner. I've heard Bruce Blitz talk about it so much. You want to learn how basketball was back in the day? You go through him. He's not wrong. He's totally not wrong because NBA back then, you had to be tough. You had to be aggressive. You had to man up. If they punch you, you fight back. That's what happened with Michael Jordan and Steve Kerr. They fought. They came into blows. <laughs> the first time they encountered him before, they suddenly had that common bond where Michael trusted Steve. Sure, their backgrounds are pretty tragic considering their fathers were murdered. Both of them. They have a hard time talking about it. And this is one of the main constructor criticisms about The Last Stand. That they would jump back and forth a tad bit. There's some instances where they didn't talk about certain things a whole lot. Like, if I remember, it was the 92 series with the Knicks and Bulls. They put more emphasis on the 93 than the 92, which many people say is the greatest NBA playoff series of all time, the 92 Bulls and Knicks. True to the blue experience of what basketball was back in the day. You had to be, it was so hood. People crap on Allen Iverson for being with the times at that time period. They give him hell for it. But that's what's the product of his time. It's Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson got swag. Michael Jordan got swag. But yeah, they would oftentimes go back and forth. But with that constructive criticism, Comes probably the best thing out of it. They were done on purpose to give a backstory of what led to this point in the 97-98 season. You got to go back to get the full detail or a background to why certain things happened. And why it's relevant to the whole documentary and storyline and legacy of Michael Jordan. The stuff with him crying, audibly crying, after winning the 4th NBA Championship after being the Seattle Supersonics. And boy... When my very first guest comes along, we will talk about our own sports teams and our shortcomings. See, this was one of those that I'm not totally mad because I wasn't around at the time. And also, despite being a Seattle sports guy compared to Joey, who's a 49er and a San Francisco guy, I'll give him the Giants, but I will not give him the 49ers as a Seahawks guy. I had to toss that out there about that. I had no issue with it. We'll we'll banter and trash talk about our teams some other time. You had a lot of raw emotion. People said, oh, we're not going to be Michael Jordan the same way again. We're going to end up actually hating him. It's like, how dare you? No. There's people realizing that. Where is that attitude? Where is that vibe? Where is that mindset of winning? Having what you got and make them better. Dennis Rodman. Scottie Pippen. Tony Kuko. Steve Kerr, even John Paxson and Horace had before. They did what they could with the excellent mindset of Phil Jackson. It worked to perfection. It worked really well. The backstage politics with Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause. That is good TV stuff, but stuff we've already, I've already known. Bruce Bliss has already known. But to hear it and more people acknowledging the fact, you see what happened? They were the ultimate sports team of the world to now obscurity and mediocrity. Talk about night and day difference. And no doubt The Last Dance is going to go down as probably the best sports documentary I've ever watched. Does it rival Senna as the ultimate sports documentary? I say it does. Other than a minor, 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 minor error, it's more about accuracy at the time period where they had the Washington Wizards instead of the Washington Bullets. And I do firmly believe, I agree with what Bruce said as well. They should have a reunion show, a get-together. Sure, we're probably not going to have Isaiah. We're not going to have Horace Grant. We're talking about Isaiah Thomas, Bad Boy Pistons. We're not going to have those discussions or a roundtable with him and Michael. 
But it'll be nice to see something like it. If we don't, then what we got in those five weeks, pure bliss. That's all I gotta say about The Last Dance. And oh yeah, follow at Jordan Jamming. Boy, the Michael Jordan jamming to his music, and then the fact they were asking him what he was listening to, it's become a meme. It's become a meme now. <laughs> what a meme. What a time period we're living that Michael Jordan can be this meme. Unfortunately, the crying Jordan is no longer the most important meme out there for Michael. It's the tablet, him laughing at it, especially when Gary Payne was talking, or even the Reinsdorf. Michael Jordan jamming to music has become one of the best things out there. A lot of stuff out there. I even made one myself with the 1997 Rave song. Type in 1997 Rave. It's on my Twitter as well. At the LT Files. Once again, at the LT Files. Just type in or even type it on Twitter. 1997 Rave Mode Engage. And you'll find my video. I say it flows. Now I'm waiting for that Metallica Jordan jamming though. 2x4 and Frantic Preferred. Now let's talk about... The number one song of the week, which is Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber Stuck With You. When it comes to my music, it's all over the place. It literally is. I'm a metal guy. I love my classic rock. I love independent pop, the dream stuff. Like, whether it's the... A yes, I'll mention I like girl bands like the Aces and the Go-Go's. But I enjoy my Metallica. I enjoy my Motley Crue. I enjoy my Doors. My music stuff is all over the place, for crying out loud. I even went to his ZZ Ward concert and an XX concert, no less. So yeah. But when it comes to mainstream Top 40 music, don't even get me started. This is one of the main reasons why I want to do this show so I can praise the few popular songs, but also burn it to the ground if it warrants one. Stuck With You is not going to be one of those, however, because I think it's a mediocre song. I'm not the biggest Ariana Grande fan, nor I am the biggest Justin Bieber fan. The song started pretty good. It started pretty well. But once the lyrics and the chorus and the structure of the song kicked in in the full force, I thought to myself, this song is going to be super forgettable in a couple months. It's not impactful. It's not like The weekend's Blinding Lights. That's going to remain in your brain for a long, long time. And yes, I have a document where I kept track of every single number one song from 2000 to the present time. I have a five-star system. Blinding Lights is the first five-star song I've given since 2009. Locked Out of Heaven is my favorite number one single from the 2010s. That didn't even hit five. Blinding Lights just hit a chord, and I think it's my love for 80s and New Wave as well. Everything about it is just classic. Instant classic. Instant classic is tossed in so much. I remember a couple years ago when Drake's new album came out, like, yeah, you're wondering which one. The one from 2017. Let's, let's see. Instant classic. No, not an instant classic. There's only one song that is a deep track that I like from that album. Only one. So no, that 2017 album is not an instant classic. Drake is the ultimate hit and miss artist in my book. Some songs are excellent, barring the time that we live in. In the situation that I'm put in. There's some just are garbage. Horrible. Not good. Stuck With You is just mediocre. I'll say this. Easily Ariana's best number one single. Seven Rings is a disgrace. Horrible. I do not like it at all. I don't like how it was structured. I don't like. Just I don't like anything about it. Thank you next. It's just not for me. It's not. It's not for dudes like me. It's not. It doesn't work for me. And it just sounds, in my eye as a guy, it sounds so self-centered. 
But then again, there's so many artists around the world that make self-centered songs. So that's nothing new. I could say... Hmm, Temptation by Metallica where, from Some Kind of Monster. <laughs> that documentary where James Hetfield was singing about Temptation and all of that. That's self-centered on James. And it sounded... It's one of those so bad but funny records that never saw the light of day as far as being on an album. You can find it on YouTube. It's just... A weird time period for James. Because this was when Jason Newstead left. This was when James was about to go. When was on a downward spiral. That he had to go to rehab. And Metallica was on this huge doubt. That whether or not they'll continue on. And vice versa. But yeah. Stuck with you. Two out of five. Forgettable. And that's why I'm all over the place with my music. Why I'm talking about different stuff. Because that's how I feel about the song. It's just forgettable. Blinding Lights. Best song of 2020 so far. And who knows, maybe if I remember to keep track of every number one song in the next decade, could be right up there is probably the best 2020 song. And I'm not going to say 2020s. I'm going to call it the double 20s because that's, to me, what it is. The double 20s. Sure, the double 20s is off to a absolute hot garbage start. But hey, it'll get better. Believe me. Now, to wrap it up, because this is an important topic. This goes back to a little bit of a backstory of myself. And why I, the purpose is to show why I'm the guest I'm going to have are significant to me, but also significant to probably anybody that might be listening to. And also just the time period. As a motorsports journalist, as an independent photographer, this is a real tough period. Because some instances, we may not be allowed to exit the house. And some instances, is it worth going out with that big risk and that big unknown? I'm in those situations. A lot of people are. A lot of weddings. A lot of vacation trips. A lot of on assignments. Down the tank. Some have accepted the fact that I have to wait till 2021 to get back on track. Some have accepted the fact that it's not worth the risk trying to do what we love that could ultimately cost us. As certain parts of the country, as certain parts of the United States are slowly but surely opening back up. Got to think about those that are having it difficult. And in my end, it's those who are in the freelancers, the photographers, the writers, the designers, the teachers, the students that don't get to walk. They just get their diploma. To some, it's just the big deal is the diploma. Some students don't get to enjoy their senior year of high school. Some don't have their proms. Some don't have... a a project that they've been so wanting to do, so poured their heart and soul and effort into it. Not all, mo- a lot of those instances they just got taken away by this cr- unfortunate crisis that we're living in. I, I, there's some. I, I met media people. I know media people. I know people that had to go back to the states or back to the other country because of what's going on. I've known people that. Their budgets are negatively impacted by it. There's some people that just wish they could be out doing what they love. Or fall or have their proper wedding. Or even just teach the students more valuable stuff that will impact their lives. Hopefully for years to come or forever. Even summer camps can't get going. One in particular that's holding near dear in my heart that I will certainly talk about throughout the series. They're affected. 
the deep in the fact is, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy from my end. I, I know I have to accept the fact I have to wait till probably July in Indianapolis or much later. I have to accept the fact that while IndyCar will resume, actually, as a matter of fact, kickstart their season at Texas, that I may not, I'm not, it's not worth the fight for to go down there just to be in a press box with a few people, not being able to do what I love most, and that is multitasking, shooting photos to expand my craft, shooting photos of the, to put on the website for Motorsports Tribune, or even if the podium finish wants some of my photos to use, I can send them over. There's so much implications with this situation right now that we just cannot, we got to do what we can, but we got to do it right. People have twisted my thoughts, and that's what that's the big problem that I have. They 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 do things and they twist it, where I viewed myself as just a misunderstood human being, and that's been throughout my life has been misunderstood. And while I'll ha- while I'll talk about those ventures in, with this series, you'll be able to hear other people's journeys and why they matter and what they're going through and why they feel about certain things the way they feel. As a matter of fact, on the next episode, I will talk about my YouTube career and why I ended up saying, you know what, I'm done. I'm over this. They don't want quality. They don't want facts. They don't want it. Then they're not going to have it. It just won't. But for those right now that wish they could be out on the racetrack, taking photos, that wish they could be out on the racetrack, writing, networking, those who are teachers that have to wait till the fall, those who want to see the students in person, those that pour their heart and souls to make the, the summer camps the best year ever or marry the love of your life, those that that just are don't have a job, those that are just waiting for their, their benefits to arrive, those who, are, who have the virus, those who are impacted by the loved ones who've had it close to them or even lost loved ones. I'll be I'm thinking about you guys. This perp the purpose of the purpose is what we have right now is to be strong, stick together, do not twist things. Listen. Have an open ear, an open mindset, listen to what they're saying, how they feel, and believe in them. Stick together through the thick and thin, especially now in the sickest times. Stick with them. Listen to them. Be with them. Sure, not close, close be with them, but be with them from a supporting level. Send them good vibes. Be happy for the little things. Find some joy. Find some satisfaction. Because at the end of the day, if you're able to do that or help somebody make it through their day, whether it's through a text message or a phone call or a meme or a funny post or learn something new, that to me should make anybody's day. Find the positivity in some shape or form. And that's going to be my closing remark. So I hope you'll stick around for the ride. As I said, the next episode, I'm going to have my very first guest. You do not want to miss this discussion because I will talk about why I left YouTube and other stuff. And also, 
I will discuss about the Xfinity and Cup races from Darlington and Charlotte because there are weekday races. But considering this show will be on Thursdays, you could talk about so many things, but you have so little time to conduct stuff to keep it quality. So, behind the exploratory lenses, here's where you'll find it. You'll find it on Facebook. Type in behind the exploratory lenses. Give it a like. I'm on Twitter at DLT Files. Yes, I've not changed my Twitter handle since I made one in 2009. I still like the name, the LT Files, because I've got a lot of files to dig into. That's probably why I came up with it back in 09. Instagram, L-U-I-S-D-S and David, T-O-R-R-E-S-9-4. My personal website, once again, L-U-I-S-D-T-O-R-R-E-S.com. Where can you listen to it? You can listen to it on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, where I hope to add many more outlets in the coming weeks, months, and hopefully for a real long time. So with that being said, until we meet again, I hope you enjoyed this pilot episode. And yes, you're thinking to yourself, why would I call my podcast a pilot episode? That's meant for TV. Hey, let me call it how I ever want to call it. You know what I mean? Catch you guys later. And make sure you enjoy music, enjoy life, find the positivity that you need, and we will get through it. You may be thinking to yourself, I'm just the guy that covers the red flags. They're going to red flag the event. Or have an ear for saucy radio chatter. Although people have their narrow and often misunderstood perception of me. He's all over the damn track. You don't know where the hell he's going. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change those perceptions. The main thing is to make sure you learn from your mistakes and get better. It's no different than any other roadblock I've conquered in my life. You have to take the bad with the good. Not just for me, but for those who have a rightful story to be told. I'll open those lenses and explore those valiant journeys because at the end of the day, the more people hear their tales, the better human life can become. That's what Behind the Exploratory Lenses is going to be about. And by episode's end, you'll remember those names like a photograph because images last a lifetime. Along the way, I'll be sharing some thoughts about the world of racing, sports, music, lifestyles, and tales about my current and profitable tenure with Motorsports Tribune. What are you waiting for? Make sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a single episode because, trust me, a picture is worth a thousand words. That's what she said. Or he said. Until we meet again, be sure to be listening to every tale because it's going to be one hell of a ride that you'll never forget.